Hello and welcome to another Learning is Change podcast. Today is Thursday, the 25th of June, and I am once again driving up to the Technology and Education Conference um, 2009, which is in Copper Mountain, Colorado, um, up off of I-70, and it is a beautiful morning to think about a lot of different ideas and to um, make sure that my second presentation uh, and conversation goes um, goes well, and um, that I I get into all of the um, topics and and places that I I would like to go. Um, I was not totally satisfied with the first session. Um, I was really thrown off by the fact that the wireless uh, was not working at the beginning of the session, um, and really for the first. 40 or so minutes, um, we did not have wireless access, and so that was a real, <laughs> that was really tough to, uh, to overcome and not have to feel like I had to speed through things or jump around, you know, those kinds of things, so, um, what I'd like to do is, uh, go a little bit slower, um, delve into the ideas more and have more of a conversation, um, around the ideas, the second session is called the On Button Instant and Always On Collaboration, and it is a um, revision, a, a very large revision of the session that I did at Educon 2.1 um, back in January of this year in uh, at the Science Leadership Academy in Philadelphia. And um, so one of the reasons why it is a large revision of that is... Uh, Educon had an incredibly sophisticated um, user base <laughs> um, attendance, and so I was able to go into a lot of places immediately without a lot of explanation. Um, and uh, although you know I assumed a lot, I also uh, <clears throat> went through some questions and, and had some really good conversation. And the format of the of the um, conference uh, was different. You know, you were expected to hold a conversation and not have a presentation, whereas a lot of people up at Thai do expect you to give them something uh, and for you to be the expert and, and those kinds of things. Um, but hopefully we can turn that on its head a little bit. So I'd like to talk about the uh, the format for the session and, and uh, go through where I want to go with it and then uh, possibly think through... Um, how to get all the places I want to go. So, um, once again, I've set up uh, on the Thai conference uh, wiki, and then I'll be transferring that over to my blog uh, afterwards, um, the, the session itself, which contains um, some of the original text from the, the original on-button um, blog post, and then some uh, screencasts, uh, kind of explaining the topics um, that are that are within the theory of of on button collaboration, and uh, and I also have uh, you know the Twitter back channel and things like that. So um, really, I, I want to tell the story of how the on button. Um, came to came to be at the beginning so uh, you know in terms of my introduction and you know who I am and what I do um, 
I want to get into the story of what the on button means to me. Um, and so I guess this is, this is as good a time as any to, to talk that through. Um, over the last five or six years of um, sort of being aware of a community online for um, educational technology, uh, educational technologists, um, I've become very, very frustrated with the complexity of um, of learning networks and the complexity of having to establish um, collaboration um, beforehand, uh, and you know, it becomes much, much harder to get somebody else into your collaborative space because you have to teach them all of these different tools um, and even to the point of making uh, 101 tools and resources for authentic learning 101 tools and resources is an enormous number um, it is overwhelming in so many senses of the word and so when I um, created that document I didn't uh, realize just how much um, I was sort of perpetuating this myth of complexity within a learning network, or this myth that um, there are a hundred different things that you have to know in order to be able to um, connect with others and to collaborate with them. And so what I'd like to, what I tried to do is to boil down um, what a perfect space, um, and when I say space, I mean that it is uh, an online spot where collaboration can happen and, um, and where the aggregation of that collaboration can actually happen. So, when I say collaboration, um, for the purposes of this session, what I'm talking about specifically is the idea that someone does something and then someone takes that, repurposes it, or builds upon it. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, a class project that uh, you know two people work on and they have shared uh, outcomes that they would like to see. Um, to me, that is just one form of collaboration, and it's actually um, probably the the hardest to accomplish. Um, and uh, ends up being um, kind of a one-time deal. Um, so it's, it's, it becomes something that is not all that sustainable um, over time. And so to me, I'm talking about sustainable collaboration, something that uh, um, stays, with you, stays with the world even after you are done with it. Um, which kind of harkens back to my other session on for, uh, designing with forever in mind. The um, the way that uh, that I approach creating the the ten different uh, tenets of on button collaboration is in thinking about you know what makes something either instant where you really don't have to do a whole lot or all and always on. Um, where it, it um, 
continues to create something even without you. And so, uh, in thinking about this, I have a f- series of questions that uh, that really got me to start thinking about what ins- uh, uh, what it is that uh, makes sense for incident always on collaboration. And the first one is, what types of collaboration would you like to have at your fingertips by simply clicking a button? And um, this, to me, is all about a learning network, right? So the biggest concept for me in a learning network is that a learning network is not about things. It is about people. And um, one of the things that, uh, that even the... that I think is a pretty sophisticated idea, but is not well talked about is that um, no matter how many resources you have, it is still better to have a person who can give you resources than it is to have those resources. My case in point is um, whenever I am looking for something, um, let's say I I need to be able to uh, modify an image or I need to be able to edit some video while I have a lot of tools in my tool chest, it never ceases to amaze me when I do a search within my learning network or when I ask a question of my learning network that there is inevitably something better than what I had been using. The, uh, the version of um, online uh, audio recording that I had been using, I mean, and really it wasn't online, what I had been doing is, is using Audacity uh, to do a lot of my audio recording, and I was asking my network just how uh, I should be doing audio recording through the web, and uh, there were quite a few people who talked about Vokaroo, um, and said, you know, this is a one-button, no-login version of audio recording. And that was a way to um, to actually get at the problem of, well, you know, I don't want to have to download a program onto everybody's computer. I don't want everybody else to have to worry about, um, you know, saving a file locally and then uploading it somewhere else. I just want it to be done. I want to press a button and I want it to work. So, with that said... Um, to me, pulling in the types of resources, the types of people that you want in your collaboration is a function of, well, how do you get those people into your network in an instant and always-on fashion? So when you're building your Twitter network or something like that over time, it, it becomes easier and easier but how do you make that happen instantly, very, very quickly? Um, and so one of the things that, that I go into within the, uh, the precepts here or the uh, tenants is um, the idea that every login that can be eliminated should be. 
So with any service that you're using, I want it to be external from having to log in. I don't want it to be behind a wall. I want access to the people and resources that I need to be at my fingertips. And so when I'm asking this question about what kinds of collaboration do you want? I want the resources of the best presentations on a given topic. I want the resources of the best thinking about a given topic. I want the, uh, the types of collaboration that would allow me to have instant access to other people who are thinking about the same things that I want to think about and that I want to explore. I want to work with them as a part of a community. So to me, that's, that's a really, really good question to be asking. Um, and it makes sense to pull in all of the different things. So within the, the session, we're going to look at how you do a search where you can automatically pull in all of the things that you need. Um, and so one of the things that I'm doing with this session that I did not do with the Educon session is um, I am focusing on one single tool um, and that's what I tried to do in the Educon session but we actually didn't get to it because we were having such a good conversation um, uh, I actually want to focus on the robust tool of Google Reader um, which is not utilized um, in the, the fashion that I um, that I use it in very often. I've seen um, basically using it as your daily newspaper. And uh, so I want to change the way that we use Reader as a means of production rather than just the means of consumption. Um, and so that to me is once you get those people in, um, you know, you are then reproducing your learning network for others. And that to me is uh, a value um, in a real big way. So um, I guess in thinking about the, the next question, um, it, and that is what types of collaboration do you miss out on because they're not in your workflow? And I think that a lot of people have that question in their, uh, you know, when they go to a conference like this, what have I been missing out on um, <clears throat> that uh, I should be tuning into? You know, and so, um, you know, you know, what am I missing out on because I don't have time uh, to to go into this particular area? So, a lot of people are probably missing out on the collaboration of um, experts on blogs. They're missing out on the collaboration of the Twitter network talking about different topics. Um, what types of, of collaboration are you not able to take part in um, because you are tied to the tools that you use currently? And to me, that that's a really big deal. Um, you know, because if it's not in your workflow, then it doesn't matter. Um, it's never going to become a part of your learning process. Um, and so we need to be able to meet people where they are. And that's, you know, how I developed a lot of the, of the tenants, uh, of, uh, of the on button is to, is to think through, well, where, where do people exist? So they exist in their email. They exist, uh, on a particular web page. 
um, that they may be able to go to and someone has uh, access to change that web page, whether or not it's them uh, or somebody else. Um, but the idea is that they can actually create their own workflow. And I think that that's something that we really need to, to hone in on in this session and, and probably in the majority of our work is, you know, not just, you know, let's get more and more resources and tools. Let's figure out something that will actually work into your workflow and uh, take the time to think about how we can make it work in our workflow. Um, and I think that that's, that it really is of value. Um, whether or not they ever use their Google Reader again, if they have set it up correctly, then they really never even have to log in again. Um, if they have pulled in the right voices, then they can simply go to the web page that they create and uh, they can focus other people to that web page as well according to um, what they believe is, is most valuable or most important. So I think we should spend some time there. How do we get the right voices in? Um, and then, you know, how do we make it a part of our workflow? So I believe that one of my uh, tenets is workflow is king. Um, if it doesn't fit in uh, to your workflow, then it doesn't matter. So that's, that's kind of where that question goes a little bit. The, uh, the third question that I have is, you know, how do you create long-lasting collaborations or at least ones that outlast your involvement with them? That's one of the hardest things that we try and do. And the way that we're actually going to be doing that uh, today in the session and the way that we can do it for a lot longer is by looking at um, the topics of feeds and tags. Um, feeds are the way that um, stuff comes to you. Um, and I've been looking for the right metaphor. I've heard that, uh, you know, feeds are the glue of the web, but I, I it, that metaphor doesn't make sense to me. Um, to me, feeds are... Uh, feeds are the way that uh, the web comes to you. Feeds are the way in which... Um, you never have to go to a website again. Um, feeds are the way in which you get to decide. Um, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, feeds are the way that you get to quiet the chatter of the web. Feeds are the way that, uh, basically, that you get to um, limit the voices that you want to listen to. And so, um, to me, the, the topic that comes up over and over and over again at conferences and things like that is the information overload. I'm totally overloaded with information. So, in order to deal with that, you have to filter it. And, um, and by filtering it in the ways that you believe are most important, um, you are going to be able to save your own time. And so, um, in thinking about, you know, information overload or tool overload, um, some people call it actually uh, tool creep, 
there are more and more tools that creep uh, into your daily work and then you just have no time f- to focus on anything. Um, so to me, the, the way that you're actually able to do that is by um, picking and choosing. And um, you know, I'd like to think in terms of an of an image or or a metaphor where um, I feel like the the metaphor of the newspaper is is just super uh, overused, um, and it, it doesn't work that well because newspapers are dying, whereas feeds are not. Um, the, the biggest thing to me, I guess, uh, is actually there's a, a program in Colorado where um, there are a couple, there's a co-op of farmers that um, send fresh produce, um, whatever is fresh at that particular uh, week. They uh, send you a box of whatever is the freshest fruit, the freshest vegetables, Um, and, uh, they send it right to your door. And to me, that makes the, the most sense as a, as a kind of metaphor where, um, you have just, you have said that you are opting in. You are saying, I would like to limit myself to only the freshest vegetables, only the ones that are grown locally, um, or that are exotic, or, you know, that you're, you're focusing the attention of your palate. Um, you know, you are only eating the best. Um, you are ignoring all of the crap that, uh, that the supermarket has to... And so maybe that's the right metaphor, right? So the supermarket, um, you can go and get anything that you possibly want, but it is incredibly time-consuming and overwhelming every single time that you go. Whereas with the food co-op that uh, brings the food to you and it is only the best food, the uh, freshest food, um, you are saying, I choose what is important to me and then I want it to come to me. I want it, basically, I want to be fed. Um... And, and I think that that's actually um, probably the metaphor that I'll end up using today. Um, and I'm sure other people have thought of that one previously. But that one, to me, makes a lot of sense. Um, and so, uh, sort of going through this, I, I, I want to think about um, how it is that... Uh, that people can, you know, manage it in their workflow and uh, make sure that it, you know, it comes to them um, and that it uh, it outlasts them. So um, the their involvement with a feed is not required for the feed to be of value to uh, the community itself. Once you have constructed a space that uses a feed um, as as kind of an aggregator of a lot of different content, once you have constructed that, then really all you have to do is let it go. 
And you can add to it if you have set it up correctly. You can add to that um, that space by using a tag. So um, when you create a presentation and tag it with a particular tag that is within uh, your reader, then you are adding to the space. You are doing that collaboration where you're aggregating um, all of the usefulness that you're creating, that other people are creating, all of those things, you are pulling it together into one particular space. And it matters that, that it's going to outlast you, that other people will find it useful, and those kinds of things. <clears throat> it matters. And so, um, so I wonder if uh, it makes sense to also come up with a metaphor for uh, tagging. <clears throat> So, um, originally I didn't get tagging at all. Um, tagging was just this weird version of folders. Um, I, I wanted to put everything into one folder and, uh, you know, have that be the storage place for, uh, that resource or that idea. And then I ran into the, the, the concept of, um, you know, needing to find things. Um, when you are finding things, folders is a terrible way of organizing them <laughs> uh, because folders are... Um, if you only have it in one folder and you can only search uh, so much with that folder, um, your chances of finding it, because it only has one descriptor, are much, much less. However, if you have tagged it with many descriptors, many different categories, your chances of finding it are better. And when other people have tagged the same thing with those categories, your chances of finding it are even better uh, because you're using it as a collaborative space um, and, and kind of pulling it all together at once. So the, the metaphor for tags, to me, has to be something around um, multiple ways of finding and multiple ways of uh, putting things into a category. And I, I wonder if it would make sense to think about um, the world as tagged. Um, that every object that you encounter has so many different ways of describing it that the possibilities are pretty endless. And if you only think about it in that one way, then you're, you're never going to know what the, the value of that resource is. So let's think about um, something like, uh, like a rock. There are tons of rocks as I go up to uh, Thai in the mountains here. There are lots of rocks. If you only think about it in that, um, the single way of, uh, you know, the animal, vegetable, mineral, um, you know, what mineral it is, uh, what's it comprised of, and those kinds of things. If you only think about it that way, you will never be able to think about it in terms of um, the beauty of the rock, the... Uh, usefulness to 
ancestors uh, where they were using rocks as tools. Uh, you'll never be able to think about it as uh, being the how it, it is weathered by uh, by rain and by uh, wind and all of those kinds of things. You'll never be able to think about it as um, uh, you know as a, a larger part of you know a tectonic plate or something like that. So, to me, everything that you see is already tagged in your head. You look at a painting, if you, and maybe this is a much better version of of, uh, of tag of a tagged object. Is uh, if you look at a painting and you only you're only tagging it with the oils that it was painted with. <clears throat> you're only tagging it with the fact that it is a canvas. You know the materials. Then you're you're never going to be able to uh, appreciate the rest of it. You're never going to be able to see the usefulness of the uh, beauty that is a painting. And, and that's the same with a, a resource. Um, if you only see it in terms of the one single use that you had, if you only see it in terms of the, um, the one place that you found it in, um, to me, there is uh, very, very little use uh, that you're you're going to be able to get out of it, um, and so the the world is tagged. Um, and when you're talking about the fact that we can all use this tag um, to aggregate, so in the metaphor of the painting, um, you may be looking at a single Monet. But there are many, many other Monets out there. And by simply using the tag of Monet, we're able to find all of the Monets that exist. Um, if we're thinking about oil paintings, you're looking at one oil painting. Um, if you are using the tag of oil paintings, then every oil painting... Uh, would be able to be aggregated that way. And so thinking about it like that allows us to see um, to see every object, every resource, every person in a, a different light um, because we're able to pull them together in many, many different ways. Um, organically disaggregating. Is that a phrase that can be used? Organic disaggregation? Uh, dynamic disaggregation or aggregation. Um, so that, that to me is, uh, is kind of where we, I want to go with, uh, tags and feeds and why they matter. Um, and those kinds of things. So, um, sort of on to the next question, how does the format and timeliness of information change the possibilities for collaboration? Um, so to me, this is a, pretty basic question. If you do not know about something, there's no way that you can take part in it. If you do not know that uh, this conference is going on, you can't be a part of it. If you do not know that uh, that there is um, like one of the largest collaborations that I like a whole bunch is uh, on Earth Day where they do um, it's Earthcast. Uh, they've done it for the last couple of years on the World Bridges Network. Uh, where they have schools all over the world, if you do not know about it, you cannot take part and you cannot, you know, sort of inject yourself into it. 
Um, and the way that you know about these things is by making sure that you are informed within your workflow and that you have set up your network to come to you um, and those kinds of things. So making sure that that is a value for you is important. It is truly, truly uh, important. And um, so, you know, in, in a lot of senses, um, it matters that you know the valuable things um, in, in your network um, for your own personal growth for your uh, ability to uh, see where things are headed. And I apologize for my distraction. Um, I just saw on the side of the road um, a semi where the entire front cab um, was burned out and melted. So it must have been enormously hot to melt the uh, metal in the front cab. I really hope that the person that was in that uh, got out safely. Um, I... Wow, I'm glad I wasn't here a couple of hours earlier. Um, <laughs> that That is a, a terrifying sight, really. Um, okay. Well, um, <laughs> moving on with the idea of on-button collaboration. Uh, the last question that I... I really think about a lot is, how do you get information, people, and resources to come to you? And I think that, that we've already kind of talked about that in terms of um, the, the concept of feeds, um, because it's, it is important to have resources come to you and to, to pull them together. Um, the web is, is, is too enormous to have to go and get things. Um, you have to make your network work for you. You have to make your... Um, you have to make the web work for you. Um, and anybody who is not making the web work for them is, uh, you know, is, is not really um, providing themselves with much of... Uh, of the, you know, they are, they are taking more time to find the things that, uh, that could come to you, um, than they would have time for, uh, and so they have less time for other things, um, which may be more essential, like teaching, uh, students or, or adults and, and those kinds of things. So it is important that things come to you. It is, um, and I would almost say at this point, it's, it's not optional to, uh, let Google, um, that let Google search be your only way of finding things, um, because uh, your your limited time and resources um, is not enough to make you informed throughout the year. It's not enough, and so um, you know. I wonder if this point we we bring in even something as rudimentary as uh, a Google alert and talking through uh, making sure that that um, you know topics that you are interested in come to you even the the idea of taking a search and having it repeat itself 
and this is where we get even to the topic of, of using our Twitter back channel and using Twitter as a feed for our resources. To me, that's valuable. You know, so... Um, so anyway, those are the five questions. Um, and I've, I guess I've, I really needed to think through uh, the most feeds and tags and how, how and why they matter. Um, and so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm interested in that conversation and I want to make sure that it, it you know, keeps on going. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. Um, I hope that you have uh, watched the actual presentation and, and hopefully it went something like this or perhaps was better. Um, if that's, uh, uh, yeah, hopefully it's better than the rambling that I do on the podcast. But if you'd like to leave me an email, my email is ben at learningischanged.com. Uh, my blog is learningischanged.com slash blog. Um, and my Twitter account is uh, twitter.com slash bhwilkoff, W-I-L-K-O-F-F. Um, so uh, I hope to hear from you soon. Um, thanks for listening.